Welcome to the One for the Money podcast. I'm your host, Johnny West. I'm a certified financial planner, and here I will teach you the tips, tricks, and strategies I use to help others retire early. This is the easy button when it comes to early retirement. Everything you want or need to know is right here. I'm so glad you join us on the show. This is episode five of the One for the Money podcast. In today's episode, I will discuss one of the more challenging aspects of early retirement, and that is how to obtain and pay for healthcare since Medicare isn't an option until age 65. In the tips, tricks, and strategies portion, I'll discuss when it makes sense to get life insurance through your employer and when it's better to get it on your own. Hope you enjoy the show. I am so glad you could join us today. Today, I will be sharing about the all-important subject of healthcare planning in early retirement. After housing and transportation, healthcare is the third largest expense people will have when they retire at age 65, and that expense is subsidized by Medicare. Clearly, with an early retirement where one does not have this subsidy, it is imperative you are aware of your healthcare options prior to Medicare eligibility. So here they are. Now, some may be asking the question, you really can't get Medicare before age 65? You know, while it's true a few people are eligible for Medicare prior to age 65, medically speaking, you don't want to be in this category, as that would mean you have either an end-stage renal disease or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, also known as ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. Even if you elect to accept Social Security at age 62, which we talked about in episode four, you still will not be eligible for Medicare until age 65. Therefore, early retirees need to consider their own health status, ranging from extremely poor to extremely good, in their decision with their health care option they choose. Additionally, early retirees need to also consider the health status of those that may be relying on them for their health care because children can remain on and even join a parent's plan up until age 26, even if they are married and not living at home. So what are your health care options in early retirement? Well, let's start with the most generous option, and that's the employer retirement health care benefits. A fortunate few have employers that provide paid for health care in early retirement. This perk is so tremendous that is no longer offered for both government and non-government employees. However, if you were hired decades ago, you may be grandfathered into such a plan, as are some of my clients. If you have worked for several decades with a private or public, i.e. government, employer, you should review your retirement health care options with your HR department. I've called the benefits department with my clients to confirm the details regarding these early retirement health care benefits. On some occasions where employers are in the process of downsizing, will provide health care benefits as an extra incentive for their older employees to retire. So that may be an option as well. Here are some other options for you your previous employer retirement health care benefits. Did you know that even if you retire early and leave your employer, you can still receive your health care through them for a certain amount of time? You can typically receive additional 18 months of coverage, and in certain instances, if you're divorced or widowed, it can be extended to 36 months. This was made possible via the Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act of 1985, also known as COBRA for short. 
However, most times you will have to pay the full cost of your healthcare coverage plus an additional 2%. Now, while you're working, your employer subsidized a pretty significant portion of these costs. It may not have seemed like that with the premiums you paid, but they did subsidize it. And this was a perk to attract employees for which they received a tax deduction. By paying for coverage yourself, there may be strategies one can use to ensure you can receive a tax deduction for your health care premiums paid. Another option is your spouse's plan. If your spouse isn't quite ready to retire early with you, obtaining health care through their employer may be an option as well. However, not all employees provide this coverage and certain rules and fees will likely apply. Your other option is the public market, and that was established by the Affordable Care Act. This legislation enables people to obtain coverage even if you have a pre-existing medical condition. While the cost of these plans can vary widely, the recently enacted American Rescue Plan Act of 2021 provides even more generous federal subsidies. These subsidies are entirely based on a person's income. So, for example, if you're an early retiree and you don't need a lot of income because you've already paid off your mortgage and have a good amount saved in the bank or in a non-retirement account, your health insurance premiums could be significantly subsidized because you'd have a lower income. However, your healthcare provider options may be limited with these plans and you likely won't be able to keep your current doctor. Another option is the private market. And through these private markets, they can be accessed via agents and brokers. You know, I'd recommend you go with an independent agent or broker that can shop multiple providers and review the benefits and costs associated with each. However, because these are private plans, the government-funded premium tax credits cannot be applied and the premiums can be on the higher side. Another option is health care sharing plans. I need to point out, though, that this is not medical insurance. Instead, these are agreements to share the medical costs with a group of like-minded individuals. These are typically organized under ministries or other religious organizations. Specifically, members send in monthly shares, i.e. premiums, which are distributed to or on behalf of other members with medical expenses i.e. benefit payments, in accordance with the program guidelines. They are built upon the principle of people with similar beliefs and values coming together to share each other's burdens, not unlike the risk-pooling nature of health insurance. However, a large part of the appeal of the healthcare sharing program is that in practice, they are much less expensive than health insurance. As a result, families become members in healthcare sharing programs for three to $500 per month, compared to the average unsubsidized cost of family traditional health insurance coverage, which is around $1,500 per month. These plans do not decline membership due to pre-existing conditions. However, there are limitations on sharing bills related to any recent pre-existing conditions. However, unlike health insurance, healthcare share planning programs do not have binding contractual agreements So it's important that you review these options thoroughly before considering them instead of traditional insurance. Where do most early retirees get their health insurance? Well, 60% of them get it through employer-sponsored plans. 36% of those of that 60% is through early retirement plan or package. 
18% get it through a spouse's or partner's employer, and then the 6% get it through COBA. The remainder, 15% get it through the public, and 20% get it through private markets. I hope you found this helpful. Getting healthcare coverage in early retirement is very important since you won't be eligible for Medicare until age 65. So it's important that you do your research and get this right. If you have any questions, feel free to check out my blog at betterplanningbetterlife.com. And now onto the tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast. Today, I'll be sharing a tip regarding whether you should get life insurance through your employer or whether you should get your own policy. But first, let me state that life insurance is a critical component for any financial plan. If there is someone that is dependent upon you, you need life insurance. That includes life insurance for a non-working spouse. This will ensure your family has what they need should tragedy strike. A GoFundMe page is not an adequate solution. It's really sad when you see them. I have life insurance because if I'm surfing and being attacked by a great white shark, the last thing I will worry about at that time is whether my family will be taken care of because I know they'll be okay, at least financially. Let me share a few things you should know about life insurance. First, term insurance is all you need. If someone is telling you that you need permanent life insurance, which is way more expensive, they are likely an agent trying to earn a much higher commission by selling it. You should only consider permanent insurance if you are on track for retirement, have a fully funded emergency fund, no consumer debt, are on track for paying college for your kids, and still have extra money that you don't have anything else you want to invest in, and are in excellent health. You could then possibly consider permanent insurance, but even then it's hugely debatable. Life insurance cannot be legally sold as an investment, because it isn't. The way I see it, the size of your waistline shouldn't impact your rate of return but it does with life insurance. Another thing you need to know about life insurance is that the price you pay is based totally on the probability of your passing away. The lower the probability, the lower the price. Let me explain. When I complete term life insurance applications for clients and submit to insurance companies for approval, the insurance company looks at key variables. One of those is your age. If a 30-year-old is applying for the same policy as a 50-year-old and everything else is generally the same, the price will be lower for the 30-year-old because there's a lower probability of their passing. Another key variable is gender. If you are male, you will pay more than a female. That's because men have higher mortality rates than females. As I like to explain it, it's only males that win the Darwin Awards. And of course, one of the most significant factors is your health. If you are currently in good health and don't smoke, the price of your policy will be much lower than if you were in poor health and smoked. This isn't because life insurance companies discriminate against people, but rather because they are pricing your policy based on the probability of your passing. The other factor based on probability is how long your coverage lasts. If you obtain your own policy and if you had coverage for 10 years, it would have a lower price than if you had coverage for 20 years because clearly there's a higher probability of you passing in a 20-year time period than within a 10-year time period. Of course, the final factor that impacts the price of your policy that doesn't have anything to do with probability is the amount of your benefit. Policy with a $1 million benefit will have a higher price than a policy with a half a million dollar benefit. With this information, let's discuss when it may make sense for you to obtain a policy through your employer. 
Life insurance from your employer is not based on your health, but is based solely on your age. Consequently, if you are in poor health, it may be in your best interest to get it through your employer. If you are in good health, it will likely be much more cost-effective if you've got your own policy. There is no cost other than time to apply, so it's worth exploring. Another big advantage of having your own policy is that if you leave your job, you still have life insurance. For those that leave their job, they lose their life insurance until they get a new job, if that's the only place they have it. In the end, it's imperative that you have life insurance if there are people that depend upon you, children, a spouse, loved ones. And if your employer offers life insurance, it's not the worst option, but it may not be the best either. If you'd like to learn more, you can check my blog entitled Love Insurance on my betterplanningbetterlife.com website. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Thanks. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that no one builds wealth by accident. If you want to learn more about how to build wealth to retire early, head on over to my website at betterplanningbetterlife.com. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. Johnny West is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.